Welcome to Between the Shelves for a special bonus episode of What Are You Into? Uh, this week I'm joined by Tori and Christina. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'll go, I'll, I'll start off. Uh, let me just get my notes here. Okay, I only have one thing I want to talk about. Slapstick. <laughs> That's what we're into this You're week. It's slapstick. Have a bit prepared for what are you into? Okay, here's what I'm into. So I am into a video game. It's called Dredge. Have either of you heard of it? No. Yes. Okay, it's it's uh, it's pretty hot right now. It's a nice indie game. In Dredge, you are the captain of a small fishing boat who becomes lost in the fog. And when it clears, the next day you find yourself in an unfamiliar island chain inhabited by various odd characters. So the main, uh, prem- the main loop of the game is it's a fishing game. So you're a fisherman on your small little fishing boat. Um, you can go out and catch fish, which are very satisfying little mini games that you play where you have to kind of like tap the buttons in a right order. And there's like a little timing mini game is very fun to do and each fish you're trying to catch has a different little mini game associated with it so most of the time when you're playing the game you're, you're catching fish and you're you're loading them up on your boat and managing your cargo on your boat is its own little mini game which is kind of similar to tetris or if you've played um, any of the resident evil games it's kind of similar to how you manage your inventory in those games where you're kind of like your storage is like a little grid based uh, like kind of like a, a grid based tile thing and each item in this case every fish or every tool you pick up is kind of like a little tetris shape so you have to kind of fit them together to kind of maximize your space so that's kind of like the loop of the game is you catch fish you manage your inventory you sell them at the market you get some uh you get money which you can upgrade your boat and get new tools to catch more fish so that's kind of like the gameplay loop right but there's a twist so there's something very ominous going on in the world uh, there's like a mystery. The the inhabitants of these islands are kind of being a little cagey. They're not telling you everything that's going on. And when you go out fishing, if you get if you go out fishing too late and you get caught in the darkness, some spooky stuff starts to uh, starts to happen. So you'll start uh, hearing some noises. Uh, you'll start seeing some things in the water around your boat, or you'll see another boat off in the distance, or um, maybe. The, the water itself will start to kind of eddy and flow and, and create some kind of unnatural um, settings for you, right? So some creepy stuff starts to happen. And as you progress in the game, you start doing some missions for uh, some of the inhabitants, which is basically like, you know, go out and catch this kind of fish for me or go out and, and dredge up the shipwreck and try to return some items to me. So, so like an Animal Crossing aspect to it. Yes. There. So I was getting to that, actually. That's a perfect, perfect analogy. Uh, a perfect reference. This game is, it's Animal Crossing mixed with like a Lovecraftian horror story. Wow. So there's the, the Animal Crossing element where you're kind of like improving your boat and you're going out and collecting things and it's very nice. But then there's this horror element where, you know, you're going out at night, you have to, there's a, a, a panic meter that you have to manage. So the longer you spend out at night, the creepier and the more intense these these apparitions and things start to appear. Um, and if when it gets really bad, it can actually start to like physically affect your boat. Like rocks will just appear out of nowhere that you can crash into, or a squid or something will ram into your boat and knock your cargo free. So it's a very very fun loop, gameplay loop with the fishing, and it has these horror elements which I really like. So it kind of adds some tension to the whole uh, experience. So 
Very, very satisfying game loop. Really, really fun game. It, the horror isn't so horrific where you're going to be like petrified to play the game. It's still a very cozy game, like a relaxing game. I would even, I would go as far to, to call it a cozy game. Um, but it's been a really, really fun game. I just finished it actually last night and uh, I really recommend it. It's, you know, a very solid game, low key. You can kind of listen to a podcast or music while you're doing it. But yeah, very good game. Definitely recommend it. One of the other things I really liked about it was it's not like many modern games where there's constantly somebody like barking orders at you, like go here. And there's like an arrow on your screen that says like, go to this location. Now go to this location. It's all very loose. So you can, you can play the story in any order you want. So if you want to go explore the islands up to the north, you can do that. Or if you want to go to the west, you can do that. There's nobody telling you where to go. Um, so that was kind of fun. And the game is beautiful. Like the day and night cycle happens very quickly. So like an entire day will pass in like 20 minutes. And it really aids to the art style. So you can watch like the sunsets and rise and, you know, the water reflections. Everything's really well done. So definitely recommend that game. Great vibes. Dredge. Check it out. I have a question about the story of it. Yeah. By the end of the game, do you find out what is going on and... Yes. What's causing the weird You do. Experience? The ending's pretty good. I like it. Um, so part of like, so there, there's the fishing aspect of it too, but you can also dredge up ship, shipwrecks and things. So that's the other part of it. So, um, you know, you find like messages and bottles and you can f- talk to some of the inhabitants and they'll kind of mention like, oh, there's this weird character that was off on the island somewhere. So you do start to piece it together a little bit. And I think the whole game, it doesn't overstay its welcome. I think you can play the whole game. I think it took me like 10 hours or so in the end, which is perfect for like a nice indie game. But the story is, it does have a nice satisfying conclusion and it's very Lovecraftian. So if you like Lovecraft stories where it's like cosmic horror, where the whole thing is like this unknown mystery that's going on and yeah, very Lovecraftian, very cool. Ties up very nice and neat. Great little package. Sounds very cool. Yeah. So that's what that's what I'm into. Um, it's not a difficult game either. So if you're looking for a really cozy, relaxing game, it's definitely for you. So who wants to go next? I can go next. Okay. So, um, what are you into? so my thing that I've been into, unfortunately, I've been into it for a while. So people who know me have heard me talk about it before. But right now, I'm super into the TV show Survivor. I started watching it. Currently, they're on season 44. I started watching with season 41 because a podcast I listened to decided to recap it. And I'm a big reality TV person. So I thought it's finally, after 20 years, it's time for me to get into Survivor. So I watched season 41 live and then decided to go all the way back to the beginning and start from season one and watch all the way through. And boy, what a great reality show it is. And sort of a great way to see snapshots of what life was like. Even though they're the whole show, they're stranded on various different islands in the middle of the wilderness, and they have to survive with strangers and make a society, but they're also competing for a million dollars. But you get to see, like, the technology that was used. Like, season one, they watch VHS tapes of their family uh, after, like, 20 days to sort of give them, like, a boost, a pick-me-up. And then a few seasons later, they're watching a little video on a cell phone, but it's a flip phone, like seeing the progression of technology, culture, things that it was okay to say and not to say because they're just words that have left our vernacular they are using openly or 
there was a season where a character was a single dad and people had an issue with him because they thought that that was wrong, that he had a child out of wedlock. So it's a cool reality show, which I always enjoy, but it's also a cool way to look at where we were as a country and where we've come to. And also the old seasons are better than the new seasons. Are you going back to season one? I started with season one, yeah. Wow. Um, And I started all of this um, back in like May, I want to say. And I'm on season 19 now, I think, which is only halfway through. So there's still a lot for me to go. But it's also very cool to see how the game has developed because the way that people play Survivor now and the way that people played Survivor in 2003, totally different. The way that they would decide who to vote people out, totally different. There's not a lot of things where it's real people and you watch them for such a long span of time. So I like that we can look at how the world used to be through reality TV. And I really recommend it if you like I'm surprised reality. they haven't raised the prize past a million dollars in 41 seasons. They haven't, which when you consider inflation, inflation is wild. But they have sort of, it used to be the first person got a, the person who wins gets a million dollars and the second place person gets, I want to say $250,000. And they've expanded it so that the third place person now gets some money too. But still the, the most you can get is a million dollars. And a car. You could win a car. My favorite game show, Game Changer, um, last season of the show did an homage to Survivor, and I know absolutely nothing about Survivor. And even watching the homage, I still know absolutely nothing about Survivor except for immunity. Yes. The whole thing of the game is you are in a tribe of strangers who could be very like you or nothing like you. um, And you do physical or mental challenges against the other tribe and the losing tribe has to vote somebody out every week and you need to try to stay until the end. But they've introduced this concept. I just got past the point where they started doing this where you could have uh, an immunity idol that they either give to you through trickery or some sort of weird game convoluted thing or at this point they just hide them in the wilderness and you just go and look for them and try to get the hidden immunity idol. Sometimes people have the idol and they get voted out and they don't even use it. That's in Game Changer. They usually hide um, the, it's the immunity loop-de-loop. This is all like comedians and improvers who are doing like silly challenges. Like right now they're doing a four part battle royale series that takes influence from a lot of different reality shows. And the first challenge was to stack as many hats as you can on your head without them falling in their teams. I talk about strategy, like who's the easiest to vote out. and <laughs> It sounds a lot like Survivor. Some of them are like Survivor super fans, and they even had a guy from Survivor on it, Rick Devins. I don't know who that is. Um, help. And they have other people. They did an Is It Cake one, where they had a guy from Is It Cake come on, and they like hid cake, and everyone had to find it to gain immunity. But it's funny, instead of like probably harrowing to watch people try to survive and less cutthroat. Although there is a prize of two tri- two tickets anywhere in the world. That's actually a substantial prize, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Would you venture to say that you're into Game Changers? Yeah, it's a good show. That's not what I'm going to be into. Mm. There's <laughs> a, Funny, there's a, a Survivor Game Changers that's one of the seasons. Oh. They should do a crossover. They should do a crossover. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm into Survivor. I can't stop watching it. It's excellent. 
the only season I've seen of Survivor is the first season because it was a cultural phenomenon oh, yeah. at the time. And the winner is a Rhode Island native, Richard Hatch. Oh my God, he is. Yeah, and I had lunch next to him once. Didn't realize it until, uh, yeah, it's my... So, <laughs> so close. So you so. didn't get to talk to him about his tax evasion? No, and I think this was right around the time when he was starting to get rumblings of him getting in trouble. It was at Walt's Roast Beef in Middletown, Rhode Island. Yep, that's it. A meal that's that will I go got. down in infamy. <laughs> You'll never forget. That is pretty cool. I mean, he's like a legendary player in, in Survivor. If you watch the season, it seemed very improbable that he would win based off of his personality and way that he played the game and also because he was gay and people didn't like that and also that he walked around the camp fully nude at all times. Mm-hmm. There were he a lot he of... was dressed at Walt's Roast Beef. Okay, I'll good. I'll say that. That's all I have to say about Survivor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. So you are into Survivor. Anything else? Or... Um, Nothing to that extent that I think is worth talking about. I've been into knitting, which is a thing that I get into off and on, you know, as the, the fancy strikes me. But uh, I don't think I'm good enough at it to really say I'm into it. But okay. Something to do while I'm watching Survivor. Nice. Mm-hmm. Christina, what are you into? So right now I am planning my birthday party. And I, I, this episode will probably air around my birthday I think a little after a little after so um, I'm having a warp tour themed birthday party so I have been specifically 2005 warp tour I think 2005 was a very important year in my life Um, a lot of my favorite things came out in 2005 like Kingdom Hearts 2 and Fallout Boys from under the cork tree just like very formative if you know me you're like yeah of course big big year for me so i've been really into like early 2000s pop punk and listening to it nonstop and doing research and watching youtube videos all about pop punk i have watched many videos where uh like the history of pop punk and gotten gotten into fights with people about opinions i have now that i didn't before um a lot of I found that a lot of places cite the Ramones as like the first pop punk band, which is very strange to me. That is not that is not how I remember it in 2005. Like they were just punk. And if you didn't listen to the Ramones and punk, you were a poser. So now to have them be like, they're the first pop punk band feels like very upsetting to me that I had to like go through all of that like gatekeeping. And now it's like, fine, they're just pop punk. So I recently went on an very deep dive on the internet to find the first citation of the Ramones is the first pop punk band which it didn't start until around like 2016 yeah um I can't find the exact one I'm still working on it um but I've been so deep into like 2005 pop punk and emo that my friends a little bit staged an intervention because I was getting too sad (laughs) And angsty from listening to the music where they were like, why don't we take a break? Because also Fall Out Boy just came out with a new album a few weeks ago, which is like grown up angst. So I have like my teenage angst and my grown up angst working together to just make me very sad. Plus Evangelion. Plus Evangelion. Oh, that's a dangerous yeah. cocktail. You're having a Shinkai moment. I just love sad boys like so much. And I'm just like getting too deep. I, I've become the sad boy I want to see in the world. <laughs> That's awesome. So what are your what are your favorite pop punk bands? 
I'm trying to remember. Is it like, is, would you consider like Good Charlotte pop punk? Yes, Good yeah. Charlotte is 100% okay. pop punk. What about, so Green, what about Green Day? Green Day is probably like the band you can credit with like the resurgence of pop punk. Yeah. Um, Blink-182. Sure. Fall Out Boy, obviously. Um, My Chemical Romance. Panic at the Disco. Like those are the, those are the big ones. Um, some ones that I was really into, like the starting line, um, Motion City soundtrack. Um, the Academy is the Academy is, which I saw. I saw the Academy is in two thousand five at the Crazy Donkey in Farmingdale. Rip. Or is it the downtown? It might have been the downtown, and then it was the Crazy Donkey. Well, it was a very long time ago. They played with the Plain White Tees before Hey There Delilah was a, a big song. Plain White Tees also. Another pop punk band. There are later pop punk bands too, like All Time Low came out a little later. Now there's like a resurgence of pop punk. So like Machine Gun Kelly is a pop punk album that just came out that's pretty good in like 2001. So has he abdicated rap music? I don't know if he's abdicated rap music, but he, he has a pop punk album that came out in 2021. Very cool. So what is your outfit? I mean, Christina, if you haven't come to the library before, she... She's a whiz with the sewing machine. You make your own outfits, your own dresses. So what are you wearing to your birthday party? So because I've been uh, doing too much, I'm not making my own outfit, but I did buy a hot pink plaid skirt from Hot Topic, and I made a matching Fall Out Boy t-shirt to go with it, with my Cricut. There you go. And I bought a new studded belt and arm warmers to awesome. go. This is taking me back. Yeah, I have a photo which I can show you guys. And I guess if my party has happened by the time that we air this. It's going up on Save a Library's it website. On, it can go on the library website. <laughs> on the library social media. Can we do a side-by-side then and now? We could, the, the genuine 2005. I don't know if I have a similar outfit to them. Christina's going through her phone right going now. Going through my phone. I have a lot of pictures of my outfits and also other prep that I'm doing for my party. I'm making uh, like tech decks. Like customized tech decks. Yeah. Like the little skateboards. Like the skateboards. That's 2005, all right. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I had I found uh, Dollar Tree sells finger skateboards currently, and I had to go to many Dollar Trees to find as many as I needed, and I peeled off the stickers so I could put my own stickers on them as, like, a little favor. This party's going to be... Off the chain. Is that something you'd say in 2005? I don't know. It's not something I would have said in 2005. <laughs> it's something Alex would have said in 2005. We do Probably. know that. But I do love a good, big-themed party. Well, it sounds like uh, an awesome party, and uh, I'm learning so much about everyone <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we got, right? All right. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned to next episode, where we'll be listening to some vinyl records. Ooh. Yeah. All right. See you later. That's the theme song. That's not the theme song. <laughs>